Y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trappies playing in the da ya ba ya da 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 ya Have you done this one before? No, you did. No, I did. What is that? Mozart. Is it? It's not Marriage of Figaro. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I, my first thought was Magic Flute too, for whatever reason. Yeah, that's what, I hate when I do that because <laughs> they're so different. But well, it's Mozart, so not really. But you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ivory and cream. Yeah, <laughs> at best, ivory and cream. <laughs> and I feel like I finally got a hand. Let me, you know what? Let me not go so I'm not even gonna finish that. I don't know nothing go wrong, other than what's gonna go wrong. All right, so, <laughs> you know, and that's this is a good opportunity for us to just jump right into the news this week. Um, it's keeping color. the news short as well as sweet. Um, first piece of news comes from me. Um, What'd you do this time? All right, and see, that's exactly why I said I was gonna keep it short as well as sweet, but I knew it wasn't gonna be short nor sweet because if I say something that I did, then we have to pull over. Um, that's just the way I am. Well, you anyway. It up actually. I'm leaned in. I'm ready. I'm wrecked. I should say a bunch of stuff that needs to be edited out just to make you edit in this. And then and they will hear this and then I will leave it in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yep. Can't be saying things about you that you don't want the audience to know. Well, if it's for the greater good of me finding out what you have done. Anyway, so um, I wrote an editorial for the Ensemble News. Um, I'm not, I don't know why your audio just cut out, which is great for me, but, um, cause I was I'm screaming that that's fine that in the description so that y'all can read it because I realized that no one's going to read anything if I don't tell them to read it. So um, would you, t- well, tell us what it feels like to be a world renowned author. I'll let you know when I, when I know. Okay. Oh, you you haven't sank into your fame yet? Sure. I love this. Come on, editorial. It's fine because later on in the episode they'll hear more about you. So that's yeah. Doesn't compare well, in any way. It does. It doesn't. It does. It doesn't. Well, it does. It does. Anyway, it'll be in the description. Um, it is basically wow. it's based off of the the speech that I did for El Sistema USA. So <gasps> if you saw that, then you might not need to read this. It's very similar. No, we read it. It's the same. I said you might not. You can still mm-hmm. read it. It'll be in the description. So, That's fine. Um, yeah. So that is that. Yeah. Wow. Um, a speaker, a writer, a bassist, a visionary. My next piece of news comes from the LA Opera. Um, they have just uh, announced their HBCU opera career. Oh, I saw that. That's lit. Um, which is led by their art, their current artist in residence, uh, Russell Thomas. It's meant to nurture, support, and elevate the skills of talented young singers from historically black colleges and universities. Period. It's a free program um, that consists of ten online courses that gives participants valuable training and insights into the opera industry. Um, current students and recent graduates of HBCUs um, will be given the opportunity to work closely with uh, Russell Thomas, who again is their artist in residence in a tenor, um, um, and also other uh, staff um, um, in the industry and uh, from the LA Opera. So. 
period. I'm going to be linking the whole page where you guys can learn more about the timeline, um, how to apply, um, more in-depth about the program itself, um, and about uh, Russell Thomas. Shout out to him for kind of being the, the face and I'm sure the brains behind this project. This is period i've been waiting for people to bring hbcus more into the conversation so Mm -hmm. shout out to them and shout out to jen who's doing um who's been doing her series for um for music students at hbcus as well um it's nice to see some institutional support uh, for hbcus because it's a long time coming so period like i said short and sweet definitely emphasis on sweet Mm-hmm. Shout out to HBCUs and Delaney, the author. But more so the HBCUs. Oh yeah. If you knew, if you knew the edits on that thing, there was more red than there was black. So, <laughs> so like I thought y'all want me to write this. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, y'all want me to write this. <laughs> I feel bad. I hope you don't listen to this. Thank you very much. It was very helpful. It was very helpful. Okay. I've never written an editorial before, so I was kind of like. I'ma just write something. And money, I'm sure. And he was like, Well, this is not an editorial. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Well, learn something new every day. And I'm sure you can apply it to your next one. Yeah. All right, y'all, we're back and we are joined here with one of my favorite people, Angelique. Um, we're gonna do the intermission and then talk to her a little bit on our Neman Junt. You know what we're doing. Um, so Angelique, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Angelique Montez. Um, I'm a cellist and slash teacher. And yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Period. Well, so it's time for the intermission. And Angelique has been to a lot of schools because, you know, she's smart and stuff and talented. (laughs) Um, So I thought it would be fitting and also a little bit mirroring our conversations today to talk to her about... uh, some things that's happened at school. So if you don't know on TikTok, there's a sound that's going around, it's quite popular right now. Um, it's like, I don't even know what the song is, but it's like, I remember when, I remember when I lost my mind. Crazy. And some of them are crazy. Yo, my favorite That's one. the song. <laughs> yeah, the song is called Crazy by, I forget yeah. who's by. Oh. By Narles Barkley. Oh, I mm-hmm. thought you meant the stuff they were doing with was, was crazy. That too, <laughs> because yeah. my favorite one was uh this girl. <laughs> it's not funny. This is terrible. She was like, <laughs> she was like, uh, she told her ex was like cheating on her or something with this girl named Kara or Kira, and she was like, and when it's like, uh, when it's like, when I lost my mom, she's like, and I'm Kira, and like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like he, like he he flew, he was flying to come to Baltimore for the to first go, time to go live with her or something. <laughs> and she did a follow up video on her TikTok. She did a follow up video, and like it was, um, he like left her a voicemail. He's like, pick up the phone. I know you holding the phone right there in your hand, and you always playing these games. Man, <laughs> it was, I, I followed her because I need to, I need to know. <laughs> what what happens um there there are several different ones there was one with one girl like her white teacher choreographed an african dance for her when she was in sixth grade <laughs> she was just yeah. lord yikes okay so i wanted to know 
um, if you can describe an experience in any part of your um, academic career where that sound will be fitting. You want to go first, Angelique? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there are a lot of things <laughs> that that soundtrack <laughs> could just like, could just like play through like whole like months of my life during school. But um, one thing that pops out during my master's, uh, I had just, this is like my first week there, just getting acclimated, didn't really know people. And it was interesting because I, I ended up going to where I went for my master's because I knew people there. So they kind of were like telling people about me. So a bunch of people who I didn't know kind of knew who I was before I even met them. Yeah, celebrity. And <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so, you know, so that can be nice in some ways because people kind of already know who you are. But I remember like my first or second week there, uh, I had met this one guy only twice. This is my second encounter with him. And I didn't even remember his name, but he came up to me and he was like, hey, Angie, and just like sticks his both, not just one hand, both hands, <laughs> fingers first into my fro. And I, yeah, just like now I'm speechless. I was speechless. Like I was just kind of like, first of all, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, I don't even know your name. I don't remember who you are. This is not okay. So I had to like really step back and be like, like that that soundtrack that song played and I was like this could, go, this could go one of you know many ways like I could assault you I'm not gonna do that but I definitely have the right to do that right now like I could do that right now but I'm not so I took a deep breath and was just like so I don't know you and even if I did know you you don't do that and hello again my name is Angelique <laughs> what's your name <laughs> I mean like so yeah like he was seemed to be a very I don't know, friendly person? That's a nice way of putting it. Anyways, yeah, so that was definitely a moment in my life where I was just like, I think I'm going crazy and let me let me just take a step back before I really do go all the way. So, yeah. <laughs> the way I couldn't even, <laughs> I can't even envision it happening to me. <laughs> I can't even. I never thought that that would happen to me. Like I've, I've gotten like the pat, or like the attempts, you know, when you can, you can like stop it from happening, you know, mm -hmm. but just full in, like, you're going to go in yeah. the depth. <laughs> That's not been a normal way to greet somebody. <laughs> like, nah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I had. To, I don't even know what I would have done. Cause you feel it's just like everybody has the, everybody. Cause I was always saying like, I've never had that happen until it happened mm -hmm. to me like, a couple of years ago. Mm. and everyone's like yeah i'm gonna swat their hand I'm, da, da, da. I'm like yeah that might be a reaction but like it's just such a weird feeling to have someone violate your personal space like that like i don't even know how to yeah. describe it like how it feels mm -hmm. like you like you like like it's a pet and zoo yeah <laughs> like, yeah, what yeah. Are you doing? exactly mm -mm. so there's All that right. sorry that happens to you. what about you delaney so um i'm already annoyed because i already know what it is <laughs> i don't like <laughs> okay i'm talking about my junior recital katie is like whatever because she was there i'm like at the end of the day my junior recital was not up to my standards so um but i'm saying that that sound fits it because the reason why it wasn't up to my standards is not because i don't play well it's because i was not prepared um and i knew i wasn't prepared and 
what I did was I gave the recital anyway because I knew I wasn't prepared and I thought well maybe if you embarrass yourself in front of all these people then you'll learn your lesson I didn't I still wait to the last minute to do everything <laughs> and this was in 2018 so <laughs> so um yeah so it just I was I wasn't sight reading but close to it on some of that <laughs> <Okay. I'm sorry. laughs> it was pretty close like it was like you know I'm trying to think like you know how WC gives you the impression of notes like I had the impression of some of like some of those movements mainly the maybe mainly the inner movements of that sonata that I played I just had like the gist of the notes (laughs) the rest of it you know what I lost those recordings and that's okay I actually never listened to them because I was like I was there I don't need to hear it (laughs) <laughs> and yeah so I remember when I did that and this is how I know and I was telling them this is how I know my my teacher never spoke of that first half of that recital the second half I'm fine with the first half he never spoke of it neither of us ever brought it up again he didn't want to trigger you he didn't <laughs> want to trigger each other just, oh yeah the robots oh the Procopio those are two pieces I played in the second half yeah great and had all these things to say about that and then we just kind of looked at each other mm-hmm. and <laughs> picked out some new pieces. <laughs> so <laughs> amazing. Then he could have said a little something. Mr. Taylor was like, for my prelude, he was like, Yeah, so you play more in tune than that. And I'm like, You don't know me. I do not actually. But thank <laughs> you. You don't know me. <laughs> Dang, well, I'm sure Eastman has a recording, right? No. Archives? Who did it in, in what's in Chimman now? Yeah, it's a non degree recital. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure that there's a will, there's a way, so we can spread that out. <laughs> I don't need it for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so mine, I was telling them that the one I have, I literally cannot ever say out loud, at least not for now. <laughs> but um, that's. <laughs> that will be the perfect one because <laughs> me and this person actually lost our mind. However, it doesn't only involve me and I don't have a far enough departure from Eastman to ever talk about it. Maybe when I'm 90. God will. Okay. Um, however, I guess the second one would be me waiting until the night before to write my thesis. <laughs> now, was this stupid? Absolutely. However, comma space, it was not only my fault. It was not only my fault. Let me explain. All right. So they come into your, they come, they they come in like November, December. Your little committee for music, and they're like, "Hey, what's up, though? You gotta write your little thing. You gotta do your little final, whatever." Because I don't think they called it the thesis, but that's what it is. I'm like, bet. Put my little topic. I picked uh, El Sistema. Cool. My little jury was nowhere to be found. Right, they were supposed to be like guiding me through this process, and they were like MIA, like January, February, March. And one thing about me, like I could, I rather just go. Like I used to have this couch. I'm gonna go sit on my couch. Like if you, if you're not saying nothing, I'm not saying nothing. We both chilling. Like you not, you not, <laughs> you not they saying nothing. They already got their <laughs> Like, and also to be fair, like to me, one was pregnant, the other one was basically on his way out. So mm. that was rubbish anyway. So 
I write my little paper or whatever. I go into the office. They rip it apart, like rip it apart. And I was irritated mm. because like, should I have written it better? Like, yeah, I could have written it better that I'm not negated that. But there was no guidance for me to write it better. Like you didn't, mm. you didn't guide me to do it. So, and I like walked out of their piss. I was like, they were like, thank you. I was like, mm. literally, <laughs> literally. I was like, mm. all right. So they, they, they gave me like a week. But you have to remember, I'm also Katie. So and I, and I was pissed That's off. Not a part. <laughs> I was pissed. Some extenuating circumstances. I was pissed off, so I had to step away from it. And I also am Katie. So I went to the last minute. So I started at four o'clock the day before it was due. And when I tell you, I've never felt any pain like that before. Like. At any given week, I feel like my brain is about to ooze out of my ear, but I literally thought I was on my kitchen floor. Like, brain sloshing around between my ears, eyes, like, bleed, all about to bleed blood. Like, I'm, I'm not playing around. And so Delaney was there. Delaney was <laughs> because I thought. In the background. <laughs> Delaney, and it was cute at first. Like, oh, it's 4 o'clock. Oh, typey type. Okay. It's 12 o'clock. Midnight, and I was I like, what, what I was even doing there? <laughs> I don't even know. And I, were we gonna do something after? Like, did we go to New Haven after that? I'm trying that. I'm confused. I, was, I had to have been spending the night for a reason. Yeah, it had to be for a reason. Be, why would I not have anywhere to stay? But you, it might have been, yeah, but it was after it was school time too. Yeah, so why was I don't know why I was spending, but I pulled the all night away. <laughs> and I remember one time because I'm very much a person like, let me just take a nap. And I, Delaney was like, you want to take a nap? I'm like, yeah, girl. My eyes are about to <laughs> dislodge from my head, but I did it, and I finished up. The sunrise came, and I finished it, and you know, bumped them, and that's why <laughs> the the lady still worked there. But that dude was trash anyway. He don't work there no more. But um, mm. I'll say that confidently. But you know, we move. <laughs> it was terrible. Wow. I don't. I still don't know my lesson. Oh my I, I still will. And sometimes I've I got into a new habit now where it's kind of dismiss a deadline and just nothing happens. Turning it, turn it at two a.m. instead of twelve. You're not gonna read it at two. Oh, um, and if you don't give okay, me time, yeah. <laughs> if you don't give me time, it's really not getting done on the day. Yeah. <laughs> and if I give me you this time, day, I'm like, well, man, you will sleep at four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Get it to the next day. So yeah. Really. And you gotta round it up, and you only do even numbers, so depending on the day it falls. <laughs> Okay, last half hour. You said what? So it can't do it on the half hour. It has to be like on the hour. Yeah, but then you have to make sure like it's divisible by two. Yeah. It's challenging, you know. You can't be prime. Oh. Um. Okay, last one. Let's round this out. Give me a favorite moment from from your academic career. Um. Well, actually, I was gonna talk about something else, but then I remembered something, which honestly doesn't have to do with school so maybe it doesn't count but um the one and only unfortunately because of covid um actually no it was before covid so i have no excuse i don't remember why i didn't go 2020 anyways i went to my first sphinx connect in 2019 is that correct i could get the dates wrong i don't remember but anyways that was my first i think it was 2018 2019 i forget but um, so that was outside of school. So that maybe says something. But um, <laughs> yeah, going to that conference was definitely like 
one of my highlights in terms of being at school and in school mm-hmm. just because it was an experience that clearly I was not having at school and didn't even really I knew obviously that I was missing out or that I was deprived but I didn't realize how much until mm-hmm. I was like in that setting and was just kind of like oh my gosh like it was kind of like wow this is what white people feel like you know what I mean like <laughs> this is what it feels like to be in a space where everyone looks like you and everyone for the most part kind of like gets what's going on and there's no like but it's like normal so it's weird because even in that setting I felt weird because it was like this isn't normal which is sad (laughs) um but to think so in in that in that case it's like even that wasn't the same experience because at least you know with white people it's usually they don't think twice about how it's like oh yeah everyone around me more or less Mm -hmm. is like me you know it's not a shock Mm -hmm. so anyways but yeah in terms of during my time in school I think that's definitely one of my best moments the one that I was going to talk about which still I would say was is up there (laughs) is when um Oberlin the um the orchestra we went to perform at is it Symphony Hall that's what it's called right yeah Symphony Hall in Chicago and we performed um Rite of Spring which is like that piece in and of itself is like you know just so stressful for no reason but doing it in that setting too is just kind of like I have never it's weird because it wasn't it was a great moment but also it was just like I have never felt that much stress in the air at one time in my entire life like it was just like you could feel everyone concentrating so hard um so that was definitely kind of one of my more uh memorable and favorite like orchestral experiences I would say was doing that so, yeah. Period. Delaney. Delaney. I was really like, oh, dang, this question's coming up, huh? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but um, I would say one, even though this is a, this is another, uh, another uh, example of me waiting to the last minute, and I literally turned this paper in on the dot, like literally at eleven fifty nine. Um. Um, and it's usually not even that much that that bad, but I did my final paper. One of my final papers that I did for school period before I got the degree was on gospel music, and I got one hundred and three. So I was happy about that. okay. Extra credit, scholar. Who are my guys? Is what he said when he wrote it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was in my comments. Oh my yeah. Sure. <laughs> why else we? Why else we get one hundred and three? Because it was long. I think because it was good. Yeah. If it oh, was no, long and trash. I just mean like that's what <laughs> I just mean the that that's where the extra credit came from. Like I did a I did a longer. Oh. Yeah. It was already gonna be an A, but then. Exactly. Yes. So. Okay. Who among us? I'm, I stand by what I said. <laughs> I'm just saying that was not on the comments. Oh, maybe you missed. It. I'll go back and read it. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. If I was ever, if I was ever a professor, they would be like, "So, what does this mean? You got a good grade. <laughs> you got a good grade. That's what it means." Yeah, I feel like there was. There's no way I would. If I if I ever got into a position like that, there's no way it will maintain the way it was before. Right. I'm just gonna talk how I talk. I'm just gonna put it on the paper. They're gonna be like, "So, can you actually give me some feedback?" Well, I said not the unsupported evidence. I mean, uh, argument for me. 
<laughs> or like you know how like they be like not sported like you they underline something be like not sported i'll be like i just write cap and then <laughs> <laughs> cap <laughs> Yep. You know what? I'm going to say citations for me. <laughs> so what? Oh, it's the incorrect citations for me. It's the plagiarism <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> or like they turn it in at, at 12.01. hate that for you. Um, <laughs> Do better next time. Yeah, I'm like, but we move. We, I, I feel like if I was a professor, I wouldn't even, especially depending on a circumstance. If I'm asleep, I would put the deadline yeah. for the, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't broadcast that because like people will take advantage of that because it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. how do I know you didn't sleep till noon? You know, and also whoa. just to like be congruent with other people and other times in your life that you have a deadline that you have to meet. But like, if I'm sleeping, and also I or I didn't get I did that when I taught public school. If I didn't get to it yet, just to give it yeah. to me while I'm grading. <laughs> like, depends on yeah, because I had a professor who was like, the in Blackboard it's eleven fifty nine. I wake up around eight. <laughs> like, I love that. So, like, yeah. you knew if you turned it in at three o'clock in the morning, you're not gonna get it because it's like yeah. people have the classes and people, people, you never know like why people wait to the last minute to do stuff. Like, yeah, there's. I I remember I had at Oberlin you have to take like non-conservatory classes, and you know I took like usually the easiest ones, and I took this African art history teacher um class and taught by a white guy. And um, the final project is due at a certain time. And the conservatory is like, you know, two blocks from the art building. So it's a walk, you know what I mean? So technically I finished it in time, but I had to literally like physically turn it in, which is like, do we not have the internet? I don't understand why. But anyways, um, so I got to his office like four minutes late and he literally was like, what time was this due? And I was like, 11. And he was like, what time is it right now? And I was like, 1104 he was so stank and i was First like really? all, so you're white so yeah i'm not saying not you being anti-black teaching black stuff like are you really gonna do this like it's here you, you're not grading right now are you like i see exactly. a stack of papers by your door you haven't picked them up it's fine and what time are your people going to return the artifacts back to africa okay. <laughs> <laughs> look and when did y'all stop enslaving us Right. What year is it now, and how long have we haven't had reparations? Yeah. Okay, then. Just turn this yeah. in three hundred years late. That's how late. No, I, like, I got three hundred years. You lucky in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I've been like. I've been like, sir. <laughs> take the paper. Hey. Right. Take this up the totem pole. Like I'm sure, the, I'm sure the NAACP will love to hear how you <laughs> called me a hard R. All right, so take the paper. Oh. <laughs> we don't gotta, we don't gotta do none of this. I don't gotta go to, I don't gotta go to the Black Student Union. All right, not oh. you, nah, mm. <laughs> And I hate that he thought that he could talk to you like that. Yeah, he really was like coming for me. I was like, what? I'm what i'm not even like an art history major you know i'm not in this department like come yeah, on like, like, come, no. I, don't, I don't i don't like that um okay one of my favorite moments from i'll take from undergrad since i always talk about eastman um 
<laughs> so a lot of people might know this from if you listening early to the show, but I had a huge interest in conducting way early on. I'm kind of glad that that didn't pan out. <laughs> but um, like I was like conducting. I was in a conducting studio when I was looking at grad schools. I was taking conducting lessons. Like I would go and I, like go to the conducting studio, take a private lesson with the like I was doing that. Um, so after we did our like mandatory pieces that Dr. Block picked out, like you have to do Egmont, you have to study Listora Soda, you have to do um, Magic Flute Overture, you have to do La Traviata, like the recitative, learning how to get it in and out of recitative. After you do all that stuff, then he, he kind of lets you like pick a little bit. And he also makes you do them things like you, I can't do it anymore, but you gotta. Oh, it's a podcast where you have to like draw a square <laughs> in one hand and a triangle. I have to do all them exercises. Like he has like eight pieces that you have to conduct. He lets you pick your own thing. So I'm like, period. I'm picking track five. And that piece is very hard to conduct. Like it is very, too hard for me. But whatever. He went with it. I went to my lessons. He called me illiterate sometimes because I would miss cues and stuff like that. But you know, he doesn't mean it like you can read. He's like... <laughs> But he's saying it in the very deliberate sense, like if you miss a bassoon cue, you have not read that. You are illiterate. He he's he speaks. We are we have very much in common. We speak very much in okay. Hyperbole. <laughs> he doesn't think I'm in, I'm in college. He knows I can read. Um, so that was really hard, and I was it was really really tough. But um, so I conducted it for I conducted the the symphony. Like the last week of classes is usually reserved for the conductors for. To, to whatever so i go up there to my little check or whatever and it was cute or whatever the winds did not know their part i'm like babe and i'll give it to them like it's sight reading for the most part i mean but like babe so it was a little bit harder to conduct but whatever we move and dr block was giving his comments and everything he was like it was it's like it's such a joy to work with you like one of the best conductors I've ever had. In that moment, oh, melted me. And it was, <laughs> it was so, Maestro. and it was like kind of like embarrassing because like the orchestra was like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> I have it. I still have it. Cause I recorded it on this computer. So I still have that recording. I'll be watching it sometimes. He's like one of the best. I will be writing a letter. Into mm, I, you <laughs> will not. Retire. But I, retire. I'm I not. Dr. Block ain't say that to him. Now did he? Dr. Block speaks in hyperbole, like I said. So he probably well, no. and what he what he probably meant was I no he meant what he said. What he probably meant was he meant, but, but 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 what he probably meant was Dr. Block saw the where, where I came from as a viol when I entered and like where I left and like the Dr. Block really helped grow my musicality because you know I just didn't know what I was doing so I started taking conducting lessons my junior year end of my sophomore year with him and just like struggling through it and like struggling as a violist so he really saw transformation the whole eastman thing so that that <laughs> added to not it. Having this. because <laughs> don't say nothing about what i said because i can't conduct like that especially i don't no, have it well not according to him best conductor one of the best he's had is what he said. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, uh, he's had many students. Doctor Block is very yeah, exactly. You're exactly that, that made it worse. He has. He's had. He's had. I'm one of many. Many, 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 many. Yep. One of many. Yep, yeah, many, many. I'm one of many, many. A top 
I didn't. I'm not a top. I'm amongst. <laughs> not a top, but amongst. A amongst. Amongst the top. And no. Amongst the top. Yes. Angelique. That's, do <laughs> that's what he said. And I'm inclined to agree. You've never seen me conduct. Yes, I have. I literally have. I played in an orchestra you conducted oh. multiple times. I mean, shout out to the conductors. It's not fun. <laughs> like, it can be fun, but you have, like, not a lot of power. Like, you, you just get sweaty and tired, and everybody else no, having fun. They was all, they talking about Gustavo's hair. Nah. Gustavo ain't got no twist out like Katie. Period. Um, yeah. This is what we doing. I have, yeah. So, Putting there, out them edges. there are plenty of people <laughs> who... letter to... Yes, there are plenty of people who actually know how to conduct... Oh. And and I and I know that because I struggled in my little lessons and stuff when I went mm-hmm. to go look for a master's program. Well, they were probably like, well, you know what? They weren't. Yep. I think it's some very good advice, though. Yeah, I almost went to Ohio State to do conducting. That was that was fun. I would have met Jonathan, and I would have realized, wow, he's a real conductor. And he would have been asking you for pointers. And he would not have been. Because <laughs> so. between Jonathan and I, one of us has a job. That's only because you didn't take any of your offers. Exactly. Angelique, See, look, I want to move on. I'm just saying. I want to move on. That's a time thing of the past. There's so many what ifs, you know? Like, I don't even, I don't even like conducting like that. It's, it doesn't look like cool. Kalina be up there and be like, girl, and you got to know every little, and any little mistake you make, you lose the trust of the orchestra. No. not Kalina don't make mistakes. <laughs> I'm saying like, because especially when you're a student conductor, it's like that's the annoying thing. It's like you get up in there to do your first egg mine, and Doctor Bach makes the orchestra give comments. I used to hate that job. I'm like, I was in here for weeks doing egg mine, doing exercises, having Doctor Bach call me illiterate for you to take one conducting class and think you know everything about conducting. I used to hate. But sometimes they do be kind of. I understand, like. To, to a certain point, like when you, one time I got a good comment from the cellos because um, one thing Dr. Black was tired of telling me to do was like extend my arms. To a point, he was like, I want it to be this. I want you to be like this. Just <laughs> extend your arms. And um, the cellos were like, yeah, it's really difficult when, he, when it's not extended because we can't always make out what you're doing. And that was a helpful comment, but it'd be like, you know, you really could. When you go around the Anna Cruces, I'm like, we all here took one conducting class. It's annoying. All of y'all know everything, you know? Like, no. <laughs> no, you over there, do you tirelessly? No, for weeks you working on your little score. Mm-mm-mm. I used to hate that. But that everybody give a comment in studio class type thing, you know? Like, they. Mm. All right, my show. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to. Moving on. Because I'm thinking about that one comment I got on Walton a couple weeks ago. I'm like, baby, we playing, we playing the first on, edition. Man. You want a second edition? They don't change everything, baby. When you know something about the first edition, you let me know. No, the stringendo happens at the end of the bar, not throughout. <laughs> Have you listened to a recording talking to me? All right. Just <laughs> getting out of here. Yes. <laughs> Tell you, I'll be feeling some way about studio class now. All right, moving on. All right, y'all. So Angelique is our fourth guest on our on our Nemon little series or whatever. Um, talking about their bridge matrix. So we have a couple of questions for you. 
about your uh, career and being pre-professional and being a DEMA student and all that stuff. So, you know, we're going to get into it. DMA. DEMA. I, I get it. <laughs> um. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your musical journey? Um. Yes. I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. So basically I um started cello when I was five. My um, I come from a musical family, so my mom plays violin, my dad plays trumpet. Cute! And, yeah, Wait. so, um... <laughs> Have y'all play? Wait! That's cute! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Have um, you played, uh, what's so, it called? Humoresque? Don't know, I love me a humoresque. I will be playing all the duets with my mama. <laughs> you play duets? We have before, I mean, like, for gigs and things like that, like, we've played weddings and, like, done stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah so sometimes but yeah so anyway so because I was born in Haiti so they're from Haiti um and we moved to Brooklyn so I yeah I started cello when I was five and we moved around as I was when I was a kid so we moved a lot um so I'll kind of skip through like adolescence but basically we ended up in New Orleans um for high school where I went to the New Orleans Center New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, aka NOCA, shout out NOCA. Um, it's where like the Marsalis brothers and all of them went. And it's just, it's a really great institution. Just like a- hey, legends on Arts. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> arts Conservatory in, um, and they're great. They have like everything, like culinary arts, media arts, it's great. Oh, sure. Um, so I went there <clears throat> and then yeah, and then I ended up at Oberlin Conservatory for my undergrad, uh, went to the University of Denver for my master's, and I'm currently at uh, CCM, University of Cincinnati, um, getting my doctorate. So, yeah, Very. that's a tour for you. <laughs> Come on, doctor. I didn't, Not did I, yet. Did I know you were Haitian? I don't know. Y'all just made some vegan grill. Y'all are onto something. I was screaming in here. I was like, I never. Nah, y'all. I've never tried vegan grill, but I would try it. I mean, let me know. Because <laughs> I'm making it again and again and again. I was like, nah, y'all are onto something. <laughs> it was great. So. Um, okay, period. Doctor, my I'm just happy to be in the in the number. Not the not anyway. the keynote and the and the world renowned writer. That's all. That's all news. How well that also yes, and also that story I told you happened in 2015. Mm, no, <laughs> it no. literally did. Um, no. Okay, not you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> This is not even a bad. This is about Angelique. <laughs> Literally, we'll be here all day. <laughs> um, okay, so Angelique, can you um, talk to us about some of your most influential like mentors that you've had throughout your musical mm. journey? Um, how you met them? Um, yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I have a lot. Most of them are my teachers. Um, the one that I kind of comes first to mind um, is my teacher at NOCA. Uh, her name is Dr. Jian Ko. She's Korean, Korean American now. She just became a citizen. Oh, birds of a feather. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so she, 
um she was just great because I mean I guess before her I did I did have like women teachers but um she really invested a lot into me um inside and outside of lessons and just got me to Overland which is great um and she just did everything right she was a teacher um and also chamber musician and also subject orchestras and was just very much part of the community like it's very interesting because she's you know Korean and New Orleans is a very different culture from Korea but she was and still is just like always trying to be a major part of the community. She was really well um, connected with the Marsalises and like always just doing crossover things outside of classical music with jazz, with everything. So she was just a really great um, role model in that case of just like, you know, I think once you get into conservatory, it's very much conservatory, classical music only, like just do your thing, right? But from high school, I got exposure to um, doing things outside of that and just being flexible and like, not being stuck up about stuff like that. And like, she was, you know, a serious classical musician, but also was very curious and just always trying to do new things and open to new things and meeting new people and like connecting with New Orleans and the city around her, which is, I think is something that, you know, classical music in general is like trying to do, right? Is like figuring out how to be relevant to the communities around them. Um, so she was a great role model in that case. Um, I didn't think of any any other mentors. I mean, obviously all my other teachers since then have been mentors in different ways and have like helped my career and things like that. Um, yeah, you know, but not, I think she kind of stands out. <laughs> we're not trying to be messy or anything, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do you guys do this without being, because I, I have tea, but you know, I don't know. Why. <laughs> but, um, have you ever had to let a mentor go or like kind of distance yourself mm. and they no longer serve you? <sighs> uh. <laughs> you gotta go on specific, specific oh. specifics. <laughs> specific. I just gave up. Atlantic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so I, Okay. I luckily haven't had to um, part way necessarily, like just completely cut things off. But I think, I'll say it like this. Yeah, I think the older I've gotten, I've realized how, um, I think like oftentimes, especially in classical music and conservatory settings, like even just academically, right? Like, I don't know about how it works at Eastman, but in all the places that I've been, like you have your teacher and they're also your advisor, right? So they're supposed to advise you on mm -hmm. honestly things that they don't even know about, like classes. Like my teachers right. don't know, like, what classes, like, you know what I mean? And that's not even shaded them. Like they admit it. They're just like, I don't really know what theory classes you'd be taking, you know? So it's kind of like, I don't know why that is set up the way it is because, you know, they have their lane. So, I mean, I think, something that I've learned the older I've gotten is, is that um, I can't expect everything out of my teachers or just there are certain things that I can't expect out of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that they're like not equipped. Maybe I can't expect it, but they're just not equipped to like deal with that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I've just had to learn of how to, because I think my general disposition in general, and I think this is due to my high school teacher, is because, you know, not only was she my teacher, but she was also my friend and we, you know, we just had a really close relationship. So I think I usually kind of always expect that of my teachers in general, being able to be super buddy-buddy with them all the time. Mm. Um, 
which doesn't always work. So I think just learning that like, you know, you can have a professional or student teacher relationship with them and they don't necessarily have to fill in like those extra roles or they, they can't always do that. And just learning how to, trying to like supplement those things that they can't provide somewhere else. You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's my least messy way of <laughs> talking about sure. that. Yeah. Yeah, I think when it comes to mentors and stuff, like, I think I found, especially like two very important people that stick out to me in my mind, they kind of just came into my life out of nowhere, you know, because I, I feel like in other fields, I don't know, Delaney, if you want to speak to this, I feel not that you're in other fields, I'm saying like your experience that like, I feel like other fields, it's easier for people to like find mentors, like, because like my sorority sisters, like no one's a musician. So it's like, mm -hmm. they're always like, yeah, my mentor, my mentee, did it. I'm just yeah. like, where y'all find these people at? I like, know. And I also like, kind of felt like kind of jealous of them. Like, I mean, you, you ask someone to be your mentor? Like, is that like, what is that? It's like weird. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the people that have been huge mentors to me, like who weren't my teachers, um, just kind of came into my life and it was like super special. And I was really grateful for that. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when especially when they're classical musicians, it's always better that way. Yeah. Um. Okay. Can you tell us about um any specific resources that helped you get to where you are now, and have you had to alter those resources to fit your current needs? Dang. Um. <clears throat> any resources? I use a lot of resources. I don't know. I feel like I've been lucky in a lot of ways of being able to find different resources um <clears throat> trying to think i mean the first thing that comes to mind is just like financial resources <laughs> like um once again i'm gonna call i have the same thing as you like i never cop and then suddenly we're recording and i need to cough. <laughs> it is annoying <laughs> when i tell you they probably think my larynx is broken like <laughs> It's like so... I don't smoke, like I promise. Like right. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm on my Kifiri <laughs> and Crystal with my little stuff next to me. Like there's <laughs> anything wrong with that, but you know, I just don't I do like, anything with I'm... my lungs. I don't know why. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that I'm just um, exactly. Um yeah, financial like I speaking of you know community support in New Orleans, like I was able to get uh the cello that I have now uh was kind of like a community effort and just I had like a story written about me in the newspaper and then like some major donors decided they're like oh she needs a cello let's Same. give her money you know well, what I mean? so <laughs> no I'm telling I peaked when I was like 17 so uh it's done but anyways uh but even since then right so there was that or just different ways that organizations have had um ways to assist me going to like you know summer festivals getting into free summer festivals things like that have definitely helped um other resources honestly <laughs> for some reason the thing that comes to mind which honestly you know i know this isn't like readily accessible to everyone but therapy like mm -hmm. if you are able to access that like that has been something that i mean it's kind of hard when you're in school because um you know you're just always going someplace and I've had multiple therapists but I think even though I have 
I've only recently had one that's been like consistent, somewhat consistent. Like I'd recommend that to anyone as a resource, mm-hmm. especially as a black musician in this field. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so thinking about like, you know, we're kind of focusing this on the pre-professional track and yeah. um, having taken some some auditions. Have you have have you had any uh, resources specifically for audition preparation? And was there anything about the professional or even uh, pre-professional audition process that you wish you'd been better prepared for or known about earlier? Um, it's interesting. So the I haven't I actually haven't taken any major orchestral auditions the most the most kind of I would say intense ones that I've had would have been for fellowships and um and that kind of did both of those on a whim the CCM one and the LA Phil one not and... being a finalist on a whim I, y'all, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> y'all just god bless it I love that for you um I mean clearly you know I didn't I didn't get them and here we are but you know it's just um I think and so I mean and the the reason why I found out about those was just usually just by word of mouth or like for example at DU the viola professor there I don't know if you know him of him Katie his name's Basil um yeah yeah he he um he's black and he um kind of sent out a blast email to all the you know uh black students being like this is a thing you know what I mean so shout out to him because I wouldn't have even known to like have auditioned for them um I think and honestly I, I've heard a lot and I know a lot of people who have done the Sphinx uh what is it SOPA and SOPA and NA, NAS or NAS oh, yeah the audition um, yeah and i've heard that that's i haven't done that myself but i've heard that that's pretty been pretty successful and like helpful for a lot of people i mean but that's like one thing right in our field (laughs) and it just kind of sucks that like you know all of us have to like rely on like that one organization with those two very specific like you know programs that they have um because i think even even these types of fellowships that there are like um there could be kind of more resources in terms of like like how to get in right there it is helpful that they like you know kind of at least for LA feel like they like paid for my flight they paid for the hotel that I stayed for and I think CCM does that too so things like that kind of help ease the burden especially as a cellist you know having to buy two plane tickets um but I mean that's honestly the reason why you don't see me out here doing all these other things because I mean one corona but two is just like do I want to pay for two people to fly um it's not so, like half or nothing like oh no no discount I don't know mm-hmm. I thought there was an instrument did they just stop doing that I don't know why I thought there was like an instrument not in my not experience for, not I, for a seat because a seat could yeah be, like no, they, they could give it to somebody else yeah 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 um Sorry, I feel like I'm losing track of the question. Resources, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, long story short, I mean, I think I know of a few, but I definitely think there is always room for more um, because 
a lot of this stuff falls on our teachers like I was talking about who you know for several reasons aren't equipped to like know how to help us with that too mm -hmm. right it's just kind of like you should do this thing apply for it which is helpful you know um but it's still not necessarily enough mm -hmm. so yeah Is there anything within your comfort of sharing that you think is missing from your resource um, toolbox? Like, for example, for mm. for a while, um, I think after leaving Eastman, I thought that I was missing a mentor. I had, I now have one, but um, because I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that on here because that's a little. Oh, I, I can't even like talk. I can't even talk around that in a productive way without it being messy, but it's okay. We love mess <laughs> for, no, messy for it might pan it might pot in yeah. for me. Um, yeah. How do I say I just needed more? I'll say that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So I got, that. yeah, I mean, I, um, I think I, I mean, you, you didn't say that much, but also I feel like, you said a lot so um I think I can kind of relate maybe to your situation um and yeah because I feel like I don't necessarily have a mentor mentor in in terms of like someone that you know has specifically can relate to my experience right obviously I have a teacher and he's great um but it's it's different from being like a mentor and I think it is kind of a problem because kind of like how you mentioned, it's like, how do you like ask? And I guess that's, that's like how people usually do it. They ask someone, but that feels weird. You know what I mean? So she's like, what does that even look like? Hey, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, mentor, please, please help me like not fail at life. Like it just seems like a lot to ask. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, which I'm sure it's not, you know, I'm sure it's just kind of like, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, even monthly meeting is like enough, but you know, I don't even know what the structure is like, but I'm sure it's flexible. Um, but yeah, it just seems like, like for example, at CCM, we have, as of recently, a BSA, a Black Student uh, Association. I was more involved with it before Corona, but um, even just, and I wasn't even in a leadership role in that group, but even just hearing them talk about, you know, like, um being able to do certain things and not and what they weren't were or were not able to do because of just like the way things are set up in the school and like being like oh we're not a big enough group therefore you can't do this this and this things and it's like there's a reason why mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know like the group is only so big and like if we had access to these things that you're like keeping us from mm -hmm. then we could grow and like you know what I mean but it's like I feel like they're just they're oftentimes just like a lot of like unnecessary barriers put into place mm -hmm. in spaces where we're trying to like make resources for for black people um and they're I think the problem is like they're judged kind of like on the same basis as just like the flu club or whatever you know what yeah. I mean and it's like mm -hmm. this is different because there is like a need and there's like a dearth of this kind of resource so mm -hmm. we can't be like treating this like 
yeah, like it's like cheerleading or something. <laughs> like it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could I could also go on, but for the sake of keeping things clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean this one. This is a big aspect of like just studying music in in general for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, especially as you get older in um, this profession, like, and yeah. what, in what ways have you learned to balance the attention and rigor to your instrument? Um, like going on, like going to summer festivals, and like you know, people talk about when they're preparing for an audition, they're practicing for like eight hours a day. So, like, how have you learned to to balance that with your with your finances? As you know, we're adults, we got bills, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, jobs and all that kind of. Thing kind of stuff be tired uh, working all day like yeah man, approaching the instrument when you dog tired i'm i'm most times like i gave in yesterday i was like i'm just gonna have to just take it yeah out. it's like my eyes are burning <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's so tricky and i mean i think it's hard to answer that kind of question now especially because we're like at the end of a you know pandemic and it's like what where has the what is the work what work (laughs) I mean (laughs) um but and also a part a part of my degree or like um at CCM when you uh are getting a DMA you also have to declare a cognate which is basically kind of like a minor focus and so I'm mine is arts administration so I'm kind of trying to like straddle both worlds (laughs) um in that and it is hard because I think, right, like I also teach, I have a bunch of students. So I teach in CCM prep on Zoom. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's just not great. Like I just had a lesson today, it's like the first 10 minutes was just like tuning, like turn it this way. You just gotta do DNA and just leave it. Cause I'm just like, you know what? This took oh, 40 yes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I have been there. It's like play the D. Oh, okay. Actually, we don't even need that string today, so it's fine. Like, yeah, it's we don't need that string. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like we <laughs> playing freaking uh, that whatever song that is in the Suzuki that I'm blanking that introduces his first string on a D string. You'd be like ba 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 squat 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 because it's like you ain't tune that string. <laughs> oh, we move. It's like why does it sound like that? It's fine. It's okay. It'll sound. It's like okay, it. baby. Keep on. <laughs> um yeah so yeah balancing teaching and when you know gigs were were kind of like everywhere um it's been definitely difficult I think I mean honestly I don't know how I'd be able to do it without being in some kind of program I know it's possible people are doing it but you know I'm lucky that my program I'm also a graduate assistant, right? So it's like full scholarship plus stipend. So that helps a lot in my situation uh, because if not, I mean, what it, the answer is just like, what loans? And it's like, it's terrible. This, every, everything sucks. Anyways, yeah, so <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know, you have to take out loans to survive and you're further enslaving yourself, but it's okay somehow. Um, yeah, I... I'm just complaining at this point, but I mean, I feel like these uh, to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like hard. long story short, it's just like it's hard. You know what I mean? Like there's people who are able to do it very well. I I commend you and 
I beg of you for like your tips because I know for me at least like I'm not getting you know help from my parents anything like that Mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely a struggle I think um the schools that I've been been in have been nice in that they do they do have a good network in terms of like finding gigs for students and like finding and having like prep programs like CCM prep for students to be able to teach and things like that and being in cities where people take private lessons because let me tell you in Oberlin Ohio like mm-hmm. he's taking less you know anyways so yeah, um, block. <laughs> <laughs> listen anyways yeah <laughs> so downtown I remember the first time I I was at Oberlin they're like, let's go downtown and we're walking like three minutes and I'm like they're like okay we're done and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> we passed by like three shots I'm confused I'm very confused you know that Mexican spot Yes. Why am I clicking on the name right now? I'm clicking on the name. Oh my gosh. They had like Margarita Tuesdays too, like $2 margaritas. Anyway, that's the hottest place in town. It was great. It was great. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm I'm going on a tangent, but can you repeat the question? (laughs) Oh, that's me. That's me. That's me. Um, No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we were just talking about like how like balancing the rigor of your um, yeah of your instrument practicing and stuff with the financial responsibilities of just being an adult. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think, like I said, I am in a good position or better than probably most because I'm in a school setting, right? So it's like I have that structure of like lesson every week, and you're expected to like bring something. I mean. The pandemic has definitely taught me that I, I can do worse. It's possible to do worse. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, you know how when you just think like, you're like, I could never, you know, you just, you, you see things, you say things that you, I could never like get to that level. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. I got here. Girl, but anyways, it's fine. Some you gotta up. bring, you gotta bring one little etude <laughs> and you gotta be, you gotta get in there like, oh, so did you see Real Housewives last night? Like you just gotta, right. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stretch that joint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Candy. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, so I think outside of the school structure, though, I I can imagine it's even harder just being expected to, like, yeah, basically survive and be able to eat, but then, like, master your instrument. Um, I honestly, if I'm being, I'm really putting something on blast right now, so don't judge me, but I will be judged, and it's fine. But, like, I can't remember the last time I practiced, like, more than, like, four hours, you know what I mean, in one day. And And even then, like, it's, I feel very accomplished yeah. if I get to that you know what I mean like if I get to like hour three four I'm like dang like I might actually be able to do this you know what I mean like, I might actually be able to keep playing cello because it's just and also yeah. for me I I deal with like physical things too like I've struggled on and off with injuries and things like that and having to go to like physical therapy for extended periods of time and that also sucks so it's like I physically I can't do more than like four hours a day if I want to be able to play tomorrow you know mm-hmm. so um but that added stress too it's definitely been a challenge but I think it's also just about prioritizing right so it's like depending on what I have coming up mm-hmm. you know certain weeks I don't have to practice that much based off of depending on what I have or if I have a, like you know an intensive gig coming up like I'll take two or three days before that to you know stress out about it but I'm not gonna like 
ruin my whole week because <laughs> of this one thing. So I think it's a lot of it is just like prioritizing different things. And it's like, okay, well, this week I need to focus on eating. So I need to do this gig. So I might not be able to practice as much, but that's just the sacrifice that I have to make to be able to survive, which sucks that we have to like constantly have this like handoff of like, <laughs> what do we choose? Like food or like audition or like opportunity and things like that. But how things are set up right now, at least that's kind of like what we have to do. So yeah, I think that whole thing what Delaney said earlier, like I, that eight hours a day thing, I've that's like actually like a quote that I've heard. Like I've heard oh. people say like when you're taking an audition, you're looking for a full time job, you need to practice like it's full time. And I'm like, that's you're saying that from a, a place of privilege. And I understand like, exactly that's what the orchestra orchestral world says. Like it has to be perfect. You can't rush, it has to be in tune. However, like, like what you said, like, I, I mean, if, if somebody could, is going to drag you for what you said, like, that's, they're just being dishonest. Like, there are, there are days that I get two hours. Most days I get four. There are days where I get one. There are days I get yeah. six. Like, it just literally is never consistent because I have to teach. Exactly. And I have to go get this little stipend I'm getting. I have to do those things. I have to, yeah. like, I, I cannot yeah. depend on my mother. Mm-hmm. So it's like. That's just such a, that's such a like a privilege thing to say. I feel like it's just gonna have to. I've said this to Delaney, like it's just gonna have to take longer for me because I have to work. I have to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then to be frank, like I don't know why they expect us to be machines. Like some days you just be tired. Like you just be tired. Like yeah. It's been a couple of times where you'd be practicing, like I'll I'll be practicing or whatever, and I'm like, this is not working because my eyes are closing. I'm not getting anything done. So yeah. it's like yeah. I just I sit here. While my brain oozes onto the floor, just to say that I got two hours at one o'clock in the morning, I'm just gonna go to bed. It's not two worth it. It's really work. not. It, two exactly. hours doing what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's my telltale is when I play something and I just sit there and stare in the mirror for like ten minutes, <laughs> and I play it again, and I just sit there and stare in the mirror for another ten minutes. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> And I think we're also entering a great place um, where mental health is coming into the conversation a lot more because I think I said this before, like, I can't deny that some of some of my ideas have gotten me this far. Like, you're sad, play anyway, practice anyway, do it anyway, grind, grind, grind. Like, yeah. I was talking to uh, my boss today about that balance. I don't know how to strike that balance. I don't know how to deal with the young Gen Zs because they are all mental health and that's it, which is fantastic. Mm. But they'll be like, this is not serving me today, Miss Brown, so I'm not coming to my lesson. And it's like, I don't know how to teach them. I, I, I told my boss, I, like, I don't know how to teach you because old Katie would have been like, yeah, so you can play for me on Zoom or I'm coming to your house. Like, I don't, you know, and it's like, striking that balance um yeah a lot but i think there's a lot of privilege speaking going around that's like that's not how this works i mean maybe it works for you you know you got your hundred thousand dollar job in the new york field and you're sad right now i mean congrats but <laughs> that's not sustainable for everyone yeah it doesn't work for anyone Mm-mm. rather Mm-mm. um okay so through your various audition processes uh did you witness any barriers or potential barriers that may have indicated that the organization you are you are auditioning for undermines um, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, conversations mm. or or anything that's going on right now. Uh, you, you can also say no if you haven't noticed anything. But if that's a vague question, I remember I, I took this audition um, and there was no screen, and mm. that 
I, one, I thought it was weird because um, for the first round, why isn't there a screen? It actually threw me off because, yeah. first of all, um, I this is an audition where I prepared the wrong excerpt. And normally when I do, I've done that twice no. in my life. No. And not normally when I do. <laughs> it's normal now. <laughs> it's normal now. That's why I beg of you, if you're going to give excerpts, just put them at the Be bottom specific. of the- just put, put the music in there. It's on IMSLP. Yeah. Bracket it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I just to the downbeat of four after K before. Just bracket it and put it on the thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I was already a little shaken up about that because now it don't matter if it's whole notes, I'm going to mess it up. And then, but I also thought that it's kind of like there should be a screen. Why isn't there a screen mm. for this audition? So, um, something like that. Have you ever witnessed? Anything? I've. Um... I don't know if this is the same thing, but I don't think this is too messy, but I think there, yeah, there have been, there have been instances where basically I think one thing that all of these kind of like maybe fellowships or um, yeah, things like that could could um improve on is just like specificity of who they're serving or who the like Mm. program is for because Mm -hmm. I experienced you know being in the finals of audition and then like I didn't know who else was there and then right before we had to like draw numbers out of a hat to you know see who was going to go first or second for the finals and the person came out and let's just say they weren't who I thought was like like supposed to be auditioning basically I was just kind of like wait I thought this was for a certain time you know what I mean and I mean if if that's the case that it's maybe I missed like you know who the demographic was supposed to be that they were serving was fine but it was just like the person came out and I was like wait what like I was very confused <laughs> I was like so why are you still in this round because I because I thought I, I should just have it you know what I mean like it was just very much like what is going on mm-hmm. so I think I've seen a lot of instances where that's the case where it's just kind of like there is um it's just very vague and I, I actually think it's better to be specific like I think mm-hmm. maybe people are afraid of like being offensive or whatever but I actually think it's better to be specific about who you're serving, say that, make it, make it clear um, so that there's no like discrepancy and that you're actually doing what you're saying you're doing, which is trying to like uplift underrepresented musicians in classical music, right? Um, it just kind of betrays the trust of the organization or of the program when, um, yeah you see people being selected or chosen who it seems like it's like oh I didn't realize this was for them you know what I mean (laughs) um so I have seen that in a couple of auditions or just kind of like what are we doing here anyways um (laughs) yeah so that has happened um I don't think I've had any issues with like screens and things like that but I, I do think um something else too is um 
I don't know, just kind of getting the, because usually there's like a point person or a personnel manager that kind of like helps deal with the contestants or people who are auditioning. And um, I think if the person who does that, I think also should be someone who is like well-equipped and not that they necessarily have to be like black or Latinx, but just someone who is like well-equipped, not someone who like, isn't like welcoming or inviting mm-hmm. or creates like just an atmosphere of like I don't know you know what I mean because it's like mm-hmm. if you're if you're there for a reason of like I'm going to audition for this fellowship or for this specific opportunity and the person that's representing that organization is kind of like <laughs> I don't know symbolizing like a lot of the issues with like classical yeah. music and things like uh-huh. that you know, someone who might be like older or stuffy or just like doesn't know mm-hmm. like socially what, you know, what's going on. It's just like, you know, we need like a kind of a better point person. Cause I've even heard of people who are in fellowship programs having that issue of just like the people that they're dealing with who are kind of like the bridge between them and like the orchestra or them and the organization, like is not it. And, you know, and we need like better bridges, if you will. Mm-hmm of bridges we need like better (laughs) bridges between the you know constituents or the students the the fellows and the organization because Mm -hmm. if it just feels like the person that person is just like on the organization's side then there's like a wall and it just feels like Mm -hmm. you're being tokenized because you're just there you're just like a face that's in that program and you're just doing it right but there's no one there that's actually trying to kind of like advocate for you and and for the institution but mostly honestly they should be advocating for you to the institution mm-hmm. um and i think usually it's the other way around and that also just undermines and kind of like builds more distrust mm-hmm. um so yeah come on bringing it full circle come on bridge <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um going kind of into uh talking about like recruitment um because a lot of these like like you said um some of the ways that you found out about fellowship programs and stuff was you know having one person email you and be like hey you should do this and you never would have really known about that mm-hmm. um and then you see other other fields like like sports the big one where people are actually um sought after and recruited uh, for these certain things so yeah. has an organization ever ever um invited you or reached out to you um to audition and i have we can, we can ask some follow-up questions if not yeah um only only one and and actually that that was for the la field fellowship because they i don't know if they even if they have a cellist yet still but um, the audition round that I did, they didn't select anyone. And then to the year hey, after. Do that, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm like, no, okay. one, no one's telling you to take below your standards. No one's telling you for that. But like, it's a fellowship. It's not supposed to be like. Exactly. It was like, an audition not... for your section position. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you're supposed to help me be able yeah. to do that. But anyways, it's that fine. Um, so, so the following year, they asked. Um, to audition and I was going to but then I had another like in- injury situation which was really annoying so I couldn't do it then so that's that was I think my only time and that was you know 
because I had already auditioned. So, so yeah, I haven't had anyone reach out to me just like out of the gate. Um, yeah, but I think it's a good thing to do because it's actually funny. I um, CCM had like a kind of DEI panel talk thing, um, and Afa Dorkin was was the speaker for it. And something interesting that she said, which I think is actually is good with a kind of disclaimer, um, which is kind of like someone asked a question, I think of like um, saying how, oh, like um, I wanna play music by non, by, you know, non-white composers and stuff like that, but how do I make sure I'm playing it like for the right reasons and not just for the sake of playing a music by you know non my composer <laughs> Y'all never and, uh, i know okay. i know i know i know <laughs> anyways but her her response was was interesting and and good in a sense too because she was one of the things that stuck to me that she said was that like uh quotas aren't a bad thing you know what i mean especially where we are now like um and my you know caveat to that is obviously like but don't tokenize but you know I think it's like especially at the point that we were at like we can afford to set quotas like it's not it's not a bad thing especially even, like, even based have, on the city like you y'all be in Rochester Memphis yeah Baltimore were completely white well Memphis exactly not, but, uh, Baltimore, um, Memphis. oh what's it called Rochester Phil that is embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> that is embarrassing it's like a, one black person yeah, in yeah, that's embarrassing. No, I think that's the same in in Cincinnati. I think they might have. I know they at least they have one black cellist, and he's been there forever. I don't think there might be maybe one other person. Sorry if I forget anyone, but um, apart from you know the diversity yeah. fellows, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I I um, in terms of recruiting, I like that because. Yeah, same same with sports, right? Like they have numbers to fill. <laughs> like they have like things that they need to uh, get accomplished. And right now, supposedly in this field, we're trying to accomplish things, right? We're trying to like make it better. And so one of those things I think is it's totally fine to be like, okay, we we gotta, you know, just get a list, whatever, like find the people and reach out to them. You know what I mean? Like obviously they have to audition and things like that but like that is at least the bare minimum of just like if we want these numbers we need to be having at least this many people auditioning yeah. if we're trying to increase enrollment mm -hmm. so yeah because mm -hmm. that was going to be one of my my follow-up questions is like how would you feel if that was a common practice because one of the biggest excuses that like when well, y'all don't audition x y and z and it's like well if y'all really want like y'all would be keeping an eye on on talent exactly like, <laughs> and yeah. and and cultivating it like you yeah. are not really interested in building up players to go through your institution and succeed yeah and the thing is end up there and suffer and, and it's <laughs> yeah well exactly and the thing is it's not that hard like because because of the way things are like i mean uh I just feel like, you know, especially when everything is so online, we have like networks and things like that. It's like, 
if you find a group of us, you'll find another group of us. And then another, you know what I mean? Like we're just, mm-hmm. we're so connected in different ways that it really isn't, it's not like finding, it's really not like finding a needle in a haystack. It's not that hard. It really is just like um, finding kind of like the right key, like leaders or whatever it is and going from there. Um, or if you don't even want to go that route, literally just like pinpointing the schools or the like, you know, preparatory schools or things like that and going from there, even if you want to, you know, start from even younger. But um, I mean, I agree. I definitely think it's just like, there's no excuse at this point. Like we have so much technology. Like I can just have a name, Google someone and find out a lot about a random stranger. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's really not that hard. Especially like not even looking like within the circuit. Cause it, obviously there's the circuit people of people going around right now like you danielle like whatever like people who people know who play well mm-hmm. and what'd you say i didn't know i was in that circuit but okay katie. girl anyway <laughs> yeah katie i know katie and delaney obviously this whole podcast katie about to be uh about to be what about to be being rec- recruited for uh do the mail's replacement <laughs> Yep, that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. You're gonna go join him in Paris, and, and then get we'll your wake, French on. Then we'll all wake up. Um, <laughs> all right, but um, there's so much talent outside of that. There's people studying with teachers who don't are not tapped into these networks. Who don't like, exactly think about how much talent there are at state schools with teachers who have no interest in knowing about his things, have no or yeah. don't have the don't have the wherewithal to find out about programs um mm-hmm. like this so there's talent everywhere and yeah I feel yeah like and that's that's what i meant about just going by school you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't have to be it's just like literally whatever city you're at like they probably you know have a university they probably maybe have a music program like start start where you are you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah i agree with that Well, period. <laughs> Thank you, Angelique, or whatever. Oh, yeah, no problem. We're done already. Oh, my gosh. I guess it's been a while. <laughs> uh, you want to know, let people know where they can find you? Oof. Um, oh, you're under social media. At home. Well. Just kidding. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm only really on. Follow you. They don't have to. Because I no, it's fine. I oh, mean, okay. I, <laughs> um, I'm on, you know, Facebook, Angelique Montez. Um, and on Instagram, although my Instagram is still currently private and I haven't switched to public because I'm just not there yet, but one day. <laughs> um, Fro Cello Girl, F-R-O-C-E-L-L-O Girl. Um, Y'all should see this and... Fro. I was side by side. Yeah, so Instagram and Facebook are my main things. So thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being here. Yay. All right, y'all. We moving on. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. And this week I am talking about Dr. Yvette Devereaux, born in Los Angeles, California. There you go. Yo, people them. Um, Yvette is a professional conductor, violinist, composer, arranger, and music educator. She is the founder of the art 
and artistic director of the Progressive Symphony and its educational component, the Progressive Arts Academy, based in Compton, California. Miss nah, Dr. Devereaux earned her doctorate of philosophy at Felton University, master's degree in music from P- Peabody, allegedly. And com- she completed her bachelor's degree at Chapman University. She was the first black woman to be accepted into the conducting programs at both Chapman and Peabody. Hmm. Maestro Dr. Devereaux competed in the Not Mario Gusello Fourth International Conductors Competition in Italy, where she was one of three Americans chosen as a semifinalist. In 1995, she appeared as a guest conductor of the Los Angeles Philharmonica. Nope, Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion uh, with the FAME Choirs of Los Angeles. So that's fame, but we move. Um, she was the first woman to hold the position of music director slash conductor of the Southeast Community Symphony in Los Angeles. In addition, as a violinist, Dr. Devereaux has performed slash recorded with many jazz and pop greats, including Shaka Khan, Erica Baidu, Stevie Wonder, T.I., Billy Higgins. It's a, it's a whole bunch. Like, what? It would have been easier if she just named who she didn't play with, which is no one. Uh, um, <laughs> in addition, she has performed with artists like Justin Timberlake, Queen Latifah. What am I saying? When I tell you, oozing out of my ears. I mean that. <laughs> like, but we move. We move. Uh, John Legend, James Brown, all of them. Oh, <laughs> in addition to conducting and composing and performing, Dr. Devereaux is an advocate for education and attention to young artists. She's a frequent frequent educated <laughs> I'm sorry this is so ghetto <laughs> shout out to you <laughs> she's a frequent lecturer adjudicator educator and coach for many organizations schools and institutions throughout the United States Dr. Devereaux has received numerous awards and honors for her achievements, such as the Community Leadership Award, the Lifetime Honoree for Artists, a whole bunch. I'll link her website. Um, there are there are several <laughs> of her current career things that jumped out to me, but one thing that I wanted to highlight, because <laughs> I just love this so much, is that she conducted the orchestra and recorded the music as a solo violinist for the soundtrack and score for the Tyler Perry films of Medea's Family Reunion and Diary of Mad Black Woman. Period. I will link her webs- her website uh, so you can read. Well, I'll link her bio so you can read because I, I had to, for the interest of time, you know, it's already a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to you, Dr. Yvette Devereaux. Um... Okay, my piece uh, this week um, is called They Know What They've Done to Us. It's by our friend, Clifton Joey. Yes! Uh, the third. Uh, Joey's been on two episodes of Classic Black at this point. Yeah. Um, so y'all uh, will have heard us speak with them. Um, so I'm going to link the recording. The recording is actually within the larger uh, program that we did for ISBM, the variety show. So I'll put like a timestamp if you want to hear this piece specifically, but also watch the whole thing. Give it a right, thumbs up. Subscribe babies to our on channel. It. Period. That's it? Mm-hmm. 
All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm playing. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you got a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, send the Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out. Check out our website at classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you black, join ISBM. Like, come on, man. We got a conference coming up. Like, what you doing if you're not an ISBM? Like, you anti-black to say that. Okay. Isblackmusicians.com at isblackmusicians. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.